Hello, um, welcome to the ProJoy Project. Uh, my name is Paul Lanigan. I am your solo host today. Uh, it has been a little bit, um, but the Lord put this message on my heart, and it is something that I just cannot overlook. Um, today, it was so evident in my face that this need, that this is the answer um, to a lot of things as it continues to prove itself true in my life. Um, so I'm going to pray about wielding your sword. Um, what does that look like? What does it mean? We are talking about scripture today and like how it is to rule and lead our lives, um, not only as a set of rules to follow and a checklist to check, um, but it is so much more. It is a sword to battle with. It is something to defend yourself with and to fight for souls with. Um, so I'm going to pray real quick. Um, King Jesus, thank you so much for the opportunity uh, to be here recording, um, to to publish this to a people that can then listen to it and be encouraged by it. Lord, I pray that it, that, that is what happens. God, that you are glorified, that I am submitted, that your best truth um, is shared, that your best mission is done, uh, Lord, and that whatever that means for me, um, I submit to it. Whether it means that there are no clicks on this and you decide to do a work only in my heart, Lord, or you bring all the listeners um, from all the ends of the earth to hear it. Um, Lord, and you bring revival. Um, it is all the same as it is submitted to you. Um, Lord, so we love you. We thank you, uh, Lord, for the opportunity to be driving in a car or have headphones in or standing in our room, um, Lord, and listening to this podcast, uh, listening to this message that you desire to share, that you desire to touch our ears, Lord. So I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you be in it, that you be here speaking through me, and you bring it to exactly who it needs to be with, with the words it needs to needs to hold. Um, God, you are good and faithful. Uh, Lord, I ask you to glorify your scripture, uh, your grace today. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so the word of God, holy cow, um, there's a million things to say, but I just want to talk about passionately wielding it as a weapon to wield your sword against the enemy. Um, so first the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, so the gospel of Jesus Christ is that God made us to be in perfect unison with him. Um, we see that throughout the first three chapters of Genesis, we see his intentions for us. Um, we see that we were supposed to be perfect with him, but we sinned because he gave us, he loved us so much to give us the free will, um, that we could choose to love him because a forced love is no love at all. Um, but a chosen love is true and freeing. Uh, and so God is so gracious to give us the free will to choose him. And in doing so, we decide to sin. We then depart from him because God is light in him. There is no darkness at all. First John one, um, we are lying if we say we have fellowship with him and go on living in spiritual darkness. So we are now fractured. We cannot be with the Lord. Uh, but that God did not leave us there. God did not leave us forsaken and apart from him. Uh, but he gave us a way that through sacrificing and the shed of blood or the shedding of blood, um, that, that the, his people could be right with him again, um, uh, because that blood would atone for their sin. And then, um, he decided to do it once and for all for us because he realized we still weren't adequate to make the sacrifices and we were finding ways to worship and make gain in his, um, utilizing his name as a people. Um, so he sent his son, Jesus, his spoken word in human form, um, the perfect son, Jesus, 100% God, 100% man who lived an incredible, perfect life that we are to model after because he is the will of God in human form and he laid down his life for us, right? Romans 5, 8, for we know love that while we were still sinners, Christ laid down his life for us. Um, and then we see Romans six twenty three: the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal glory in Christ Jesus. So he has given us that free gift by um, his son, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, um, <laughs> casting aside every weight and sin that so easily entangles us. Um, but it talks about how he... Uh, Jesus despised the shame, took the cross for our sake. 
um, so that Hebrews 10, we could draw near to the throne of grace in full assurance of faith. And so this Jesus takes the cross, pays the price, sheds the blood that we can be right with God by sending his Holy Spirit to be in us. And that is the part where you come in, where you get the option to Romans 10, 9, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart he was raised from the dead, and you will be saved. And in that salvation, we receive the Holy Spirit as an Ephesians 1 seal of approval that God now sees us as holy and leads us towards holiness. And in that, you are no longer defined by your mistakes. You are no longer defined by who you were or what you've done or even what you do today, but who God says you are. And that is chosen. And that is perfect. That is holy, righteous ministers of his truth. And this beautiful balance of free will and predestination that we cannot understand because he is a perfect God and we are imperfect creation that he allows us to be saved by fully to his glory and by nothing, nothing by the works of man, for it is grace through faith alone, not by works of the flesh so that we cannot boast. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. That is our salvation. And so you receive the Holy Spirit in you and that Holy Spirit, that's fruit is Galatians 5, and 23, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control now leads us into the most fulfilling, incredible, freeing life full of amazing relationships and ministry and fulfillment into a life that is so full and overflowing into the way that we love others. Matthew 12, 34, out of an overflow of a heart, the mouth speaks. And you now get to live a life um, as the hands and feet of God taking the gospel out to his people, living passionately towards what he's put on your heart, set free. And so if you haven't accepted that truth, you have the opportunity um, to between you and Jesus to submit everything and ask him to take your heart, to repent of your sins and be cleansed. Because again, First John 1, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we have that opportunity today, and if you have not accepted that, this message will mean nothing. That the Word of God without the Holy Spirit is just a book. Because, as we'll see, the Holy Spirit inspired the whole thing, and it wants to inspire you to utilize it in His name. So here we are. What is the Word of God? Um, I am in Second Peter 1, 13-20. Uh, I think it is right, this is Peter speaking uh, to, to the church that he's leaving behind as he's about to die. Um, I think it right, as long as I am in this body, to stir you up by way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me, and I will make every effort so that my departure you may be able at any time to recall these things. He's leaving behind truth. We just stopped at verse 15 for a second. He is leaving behind this truth of the scriptures, of the epistles, of the gospels, of the Old Testament that he was founded on and that Jesus utilized in his teaching. Um, he's leaving behind these truths so that at any time we could recall these things. And then going in verse 16, for we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses to his majesty, the transfiguration. Peter, James, and John got to witness Jesus, God, and Moses um, and, and in, in glory, got to see God, got to see Jesus. Uh, and so in experiencing that, now, they go on to say, For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was born to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. 
and we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention as, a, as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in our hearts, knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. That's the Bible that you have become callous to, most likely, and I have in many ways. That is the Scripture. That is the, the divine, perfect prophecy of God carried along by the Holy Spirit. For our sake. It says to do well to pay attention to it as a lamp shining in a dark place. Anytime a light comes on in a dark place and there is a light to follow, people will flock. And so we are to pay attention to this word because we live in a dark place. We live in a world that is fully apart from the Lord. And this word is our light. And we are to follow it as so. But remember, it is, it is fully inspired by God. Men carried along by the Holy Spirit, speaking from God, God's words. If you say God is not speaking to you, you have not opened his word and inquired with him in prayer and in reading it. And so to go along with that, um, Romans 15, 4, we know um, it says what was written beforehand was for our instruction, that through encouragement um, and through um, the scriptures, or that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we may have hope. And so we, we hold on to this hope that it was written for us. So we know scripture is perfect, carried on, inspired by God, written for our benefit, for our instruction. And then we know 2 Timothy 3.16, for all scripture is breathed by God, profitable for teaching and correction and rebuke and training in righteousness, equipping the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. That is his intentions with this word. His intentions is that it was fully inspired by him. It was written for our instruction to equip us, to train us in righteousness, to reprove us. And then we see Re Revelation 1. Um, the last thing I'm going to read involving what exactly is the word of God. Um, I'm going to read verses 12 through 16 of Revelations 1. And then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me. And on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands, one like a, sort of, like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace. And his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand, he held the seven stars. And from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. And his face was like the sun shining in full strength. We see the sword being the word of God coming. So from the mouth came a sword. From Jesus' lips, as it describes Jesus in this, from his lips, his words that we were told um, are the word of God in 2 Timothy 3.16 and 2 Peter 1. Right? We are told that, that these words, this sword, is the word of God that we get the chance to, to handle. And so it's that majesty that I think we're so quick to overlook. Like the majesty of Jesus Christ, he's not just a kind man who kisses babies, but he is, he can level mountains and his voice is of the rushing water and his words are of a sword and his eyes are of fire and his feet of burnished bronze. And he is, he's holding seven stars in his right hand. Like he has all creation under his feet, everything created by him, for him, held together through him. It's Colossians 1. Like we, we get the opportunity to handle his words as the sword. And then um, Isaiah 11. Isaiah 11 also talks about um, Jesus. And um, it says, There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. 
and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. So this is talking about Jesus. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist and faithfulness the belt of his loins. With, his, with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. So we have all these things confirmed to us. Second Peter 1, literally the divine prophecy more fully confirmed that everything in this book was written and inspired by God. We're then told, Romans 15, 4, that it is for our benefit. It is for our instruction to encourage us. And then 2 Timothy three sixteen that it is all by God to teach us, to train us, to reprove us, to equip us in every good work. And then Revelations 1, we see the power of it. I mean, it is the sword from his mouth. It is a weapon. And then Isaiah 11, it says, the breath of his lips, the lips of Jesus, he shall kill the wicked. And so we kill wickedness with the words of Jesus that is this, this book, this scripture. I hope that the Lord uses this, Jesus. I ask that you, that you utilize these scriptures to posture our heart to really see the value of your word. Amen. Um, and now what do we do with it? And so I go to Ephesians 6, 17 and 18. And take the helmet of salvation that guards your heads, mind you, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for the saints. So we are to wield the sword of the Spirit that is His words and to pray at all times in the Spirit with prayer and supplication. So we are to take His Word and then to pray fervently with it. And that is the last piece of the armor that God tells us about in Ephesians 6 that we put on all of this armor and in that we are soldiers for the Lord doing incredible ministry and living lives so full and powerful. And I think powerful is an adjective a lot of us want to, ha to handle, to have, um, to be spoken over us. And that is handling the word. The word is powerful. Prayer is powerful. And if you combine the two as you wield the sword of the spirit, praying at all times in that spirit, like we have powerful ministry. Along with that, 2 Timothy 2. So we hear that it is the sword, and then we see in 2 Timothy 2, um, 14 through 15, remind them of these things, charge them before God, not to quarrel about words, which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. If you know what you're saying is truth from Scripture, there is no need to be ashamed. So you are approved by God rightly to present yourself rightly as one approved by God, not to quarrel about words, but to have your words backed in absolute truth. So we see Jesus utilize scripture. And Jesus is the one, the spoken will of God in human form, the perfect word of God. In the beginning was the word, the word was God, the word was with God, John 1.1 1, 1, and then John 1.14. And the word came to dwell among us and we have seen his glory, glory of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. And so we see like this, this God that is the word, that is what has been spoken, handle the word himself that has been spoken as an example to us of how we fight sin and temptation. In Luke 4, Jesus was offered by the enemy more than we could ever imagine being offered. He was offered the entire world, everything in it to be under him. And Jesus utilizes the Psalms that were on his heart, in his head and on his heart to play defense against the enemy. 
And so Psalm 119.11 says, um, For I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So now we store up our word in our heart to keep from sin, to battle sin. We have words in our heart. We have the sword of the Spirit in our hearts to battle sin, the sin that, that weighs us down. God gave us his commandments to set us free. God gave us the commandments in kindness, not to limit us from fun things, but to give us freedom because he knows what so easily entangles our souls, right? Hebrews 12.1, it was mentioned earlier, the, the, the weight and sin that so easily entangles us that we are to cast aside. And so he says, Psalm, Psalm 119.11, we have stored up your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. So we escape sin by storing up the word of God in our hearts, allowing it to change us. And then utilizing it when temptation comes, we have specific scriptures on our hearts and in our heads to battle with, knowing that this is absolute truth inspired by God. And then Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the words of Christ. So if we want other people to experience the freedom from the faith that we have, we share the words of Christ with them. So not only in tucking this on our heart do we play defense against sin, but we get to battle for the sake of souls. In truth, very simply, everybody that, that studies anything, everybody that wants to know about anything wants a source. Because if they did not learn from somebody or from a reference, they struggle to believe. Because everything has to have a backing. We are skeptical as human beings. We need beyond reasonable doubt. And so I think if, if you were trying to teach somebody about how they should eat, they would ask for your source. They would say, how do you know that this is what I should be eating? This is what I should be feeding on. Right? This is what, what sustains me because food is what sustains us. I mean, it is what gives us energy, keeps us alive, allows our organs to function. And we're told that this word is the bread of life, that Jesus provides the bread of life. And as we feed on it, right, we need to know that it is, that it is like the greatest reference to any defense against any sin and for any heart. If you have this scripture and you are handling it, and you are, you are drawing near to it every single day, you are allowing the spoken word of God by prayer to speak to you and teach you and surrounding yourself with others who do the same so that he can speak through them to teach you. Imagine, imagine the power that you get to walk in. I mean, it is, it is amazing. And so I, I urge you, like, where do we go from here? If you have been passionately pursuing the word of the Lord every single day, Psalm 1-1, blessed is the man who delights in the law of the Lord, who meditates on it day and night. If you are tucking this scripture on your heart, if you are encouraging people with it, if you are battling sin with it, if you are going to it with your questions, and you are going to it with your affirmations, and you are seeking it and giving it your heart, I hope that this episode is just encouragement. I hope that it's just like, oh my gosh, like, yes, the Lord has set me free in this, and I just want to continue to walk in that passionately. This has only lit a deeper fire in me with more fuel to go forth and to share, to go forth and to share because this word is worth it. And if you have not, if your scriptural habits are in any way falling short, as I think is every single person listening to this, that your scriptural habits in some way could improve. I hope that it encourages you as me teaching this, as I need to hear it, encourages me that this is the divine spoken word of the Lord that we get to wield as a sword to wield as a means of defense and attack. Everything else in the armor of God in Ephesians 6 is for defense. The shield of faith and the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of salvation and the shoes of readiness 
But the sword of the spirit is for defense and attack. It is the only thing that you can both defend yourself with and make advance against the enemy with. And so I urge you guys to make advance against the enemy. Do not allow him to trick you into to gaining any more ground. Because complacency, he moves in. And especially if we're walking the other direction. Because repentance is one for one. The road goes one way or another. You are either becoming more like Jesus or you are straying from him. Because if we are complacent, the enemy gains ground. And so I urge you to make advance with the sword of the Spirit. To wield it and, and actually play defense and go on the attack against him with it. If you have a specific sin struggle, and I hate that word struggle because so many people just sit in it and you're, they're just losing. But if you have a sin battle that you are fighting, go to scripture specifically about that sin. There is one for it, I promise. Go to scripture about that sin, memorize it, tuck it on your heart, talk about it, pray with it, and tell me that it does not improve the situation. It is, it is something that, um, that wise men have spoken over me and the Lord has put on my heart that you can never do something too based on Scripture. If you base things on Scripture, prayerfully base them on Scripture, that you're not being overly legalistic and taking uh, what has been interpreted and sustained by the Lord multiple times and taking one word out of it and making a God of this word rather than a God out of the one who inspired the, the entire word, if you base what you're doing fully on Scripture, founded on this truth that is the only truth we know, it will be exceedingly better than you could ever ask or imagine, Ephesians 3.20. And so we have the opportunity today. It, it can start so small. It can start as memorizing one verse a week and spending 15 minutes with the Lord in His Word a day. And He will begin to change your life. Or if you have fallen out, come back and begin to build that consistency again. Just 15 minutes. It's a start. Go to one of the Gospels of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, and read for 15 minutes, a half a chapter, maybe a full chapter, and, and write, journal, pray over it before, and write through it somewhere, document what is happening, what you're going to do about it, or what, what's, what's happening, what it means to you, and what you're going to do about it. And in doing so, the Lord is going to set you free, and it's going to teach you, and it's going to do so much. And it may not be instant. It may not be this radical change. But by the washing, regeneration, and renewal of the Holy Spirit, you are made new. You are perfected. Equipping us in every good work, as 2 Timothy 3.17 says. Equipping the man of God. So if you want to be a man or woman of God who is powerful, who is equipped, who battles for the sake of, of her own soul or his own soul and of others, wield the sword. Give it the chance. Allow it out of its cage. Psalm 119 is the longest scripture in the Bible. And it is verse-wise, not lengthwise, like technical wordage, but the number of verses. And it is all about scripture. It is scripture talking about itself. The book that has the most chapters and the chapter in that book that has the most verses is all about scripture. It is about a divine love for it and a care for it and a utilization of it against the enemy and for, this, for your own sake. And so he has given us this word um, for, for his glory and our benefit. And I just encourage you to wield your sword. So I'm going to pray over that. What that and and um, search your heart. Allow the Lord in to illuminate what does he want you to do with Scripture.
and pray that the Spirit give you give you an interpretation of it that then goes forth to do an amazing ministry in His name. Uh, King Jesus, thank you. Thank you for every person that touched this episode. Um, thank you for being here and inspiring this. Lord, thank you that you're, you're just so much better at teaching than I am. God, so I pray, uh, Holy Spirit, that you teach us how to pray. You teach us how to read. You teach us how to walk alongside people and how to wield our sword as you speak about it so highly in the scripture that you fully inspired. Help us to wield our sword. God, help us to battle in your name to play defense in your name. Lord, I pray that you open our eyes to the sins that we commit that we're callous to, Lord, and we repent of those and you cleanse us. God, I pray that you open our eyes to to the scriptural habits and the divine love for scripture you want us to develop. Uh, Lord, you guide us into doing so. Lord, I just pray that um, you do something amazing. You You do something so special through us that we believe you in your name, Jesus Christ, that you bring revival in our hearts and revival in our lives and our friend groups and our fraternities in our high schools, in our teams. Um, Lord, wherever we are at in our families, uh, God, I just pray that, that you bring revival by your word rooted in truth. God, that you help us to wield our sword. We love you. We thank you. Thank you for the Pure Joy Project and all that it is as you continue to sustain it. Broken people just wanting to lift your name. Uh, Lord, help us to seek your face and know you better, to wield your sword and battle for others. Amen.